0: Thanks for coming back for more Sweet Stories in the Dell. It's a podcast about what makes Sweetwire College stand out in higher ed. I'm your host, Caperton Morton. I'm an alumna and produce this podcast in collaboration with the college. Sweetwire has thrived for over 100 years in the foothills of Virginia's Blue Ridge Mountains, in keeping with the college's liberal arts curriculum, Sweet Bar students have always identified problems, broken them down, and developed the skill set needed to solve them. And the development of the Leadership Core curriculum by President Meredith Wu and the Sweet Bar faculty simply formalizes the teaching of this process. The ten core courses emphasize collaboration across all the disciplines. So math and visual art majors are pooling their minds with econ and history majors, along with students from other fields of study, and they're all gaining a better understanding of how to work with people who think differently than they do. So Sweet Bar graduates are prepared for accepting leadership roles that will evolve throughout their lives. This is Episode 3, Part 3 of Centers Without Walls. The third center to discuss is engineering, science, and technology in society. And in this episode, we're focusing on Sweet Bar's most distinct aspect of the center, engineering. I recently spoke with Bethany Brinkman, the director of Sweet Bar's Margaret Jones-Wiley Engineering Program.
1: I'm Bethany Brinkman. I'm an associate professor of engineering at Sweetbriar College and director of the Margaret Jones-Wiley 45 engineering program.
0: The late Margaret Jones-Wiley, or Peggy, was in the class of 1945. In 2010, she and her late husband, Malcolm Robert Jesse Wiley, established a generous endowment for Sweetbriar to expand the college's engineering program.
1: What can you tell me about Peggy Wiley? So Peggy Wiley attended Sweet Briar back in the 1940s and majored in science pretty much because there wasn't an engineering program. She, she liked engineering, but it wasn't an option for women at the time. And so later in life, after she and her husband had accumulated some wealth, the Wileys gave us $3 million as an endowment. That has allowed our program to expand and really do a lot of outreach in the community. The interest
0: from the Margaret Jones Wiley Engineering Endowment gives the program flexibility to offer a well-supported, diverse engineering curriculum.
1: The money that she supplied us, it's solely for the students of the engineering program. So it doesn't go to faculty salaries or anything like that but we're able to offer four-year scholarships to students. We're able to do lots of outreach activities. Um, Those are the explore events. And we're also able to buy um, laboratory equipment and supplies for classes. So the gift that she and her husband gave have really helped the engineering program become meaningful.
0: The conception of Sweetburns' engineering program came in 2002 when the college received a National Science Foundation grant.
1: That was done by several folks that were here at Sweetburn in the in the physics department, and they brought on additional people and started slowly. It's a long process to start an engineering program, mainly because when you're accredited by ABET, they look for not that you have a program, but that you have graduates and that you can measure the outcomes of the graduates. So we had our first graduates in 2008. Since then, we've grown every single year.
0: As Bethany mentioned, the engineering program is accredited by ABET or the Accreditation Board for Engineering and Technology.
1: So ABET's the national accrediting body for engineering, for computer science, for engineering technology. And they look to see that you're offering a quality education. And so they have lots of checklists to go over. Um, Every six years, we have to go through an accreditation process. But what comes out of it is that once you're accredited, ABET acknowledges that your degree is equivalent to all other accredited engineering science degrees. Mm-hmm. Students at Sweet receive a bachelor of science in engineering science. And so the, we sort of colloquially call this general engineering. They take all sorts of classes when they're here electrical classes. They'll take mechanical classes. They'll take civil classes. They'll take advanced thermal fluids. And our alumni go on to do just about everything. We have numerous alumni who are working for NAVAIR, the Navy's air support system. We have lots that are working for defense contractors. We have lots that go on to grad school as well in all fields of engineering. And so they're not limited.
0: Sweetbier is one of two women's colleges in the U.S. that offers an engineering degree.
1: It's really wonderful to have women's colleges focused on engineering. It's fairly common for small liberal arts colleges to have a 3-2 program, which is where they would spend three years at the liberal arts college taking general education classes and you know, basic science and math and then going to a larger state university for two years to take all the engineering classes.
0: Back in the 1980s and 90s, Sweet Bar had a similar agreement with three engineering schools.
1: But with our unique opportunities for women and our, our hands-on focus, we realized that we could do an even better job with four years here.
0: Because Sweet Bar is a liberal arts college, students are free to choose from a wide selection of electives no matter what their areas of study. And it's not at all surprising to find the well-worn path between engineering and the arts. Remember the bonus episode of Sweet Stories in the Dell? Josh Harris, assistant professor of performing arts and music, explains how an engineering student, Ann Meyer, class of 2020, volunteered to apply her engineering know-how to a technological project within the music program.
1: I had a violinist in Daisy's Harp who was an engineering major and she said, you know, I can, I can install this in a case so that it's more presentable because it was just a bunch of wire sticking out of a piece of plastic and she put it in a black box and she, um, I think she actually soldered a circuit board so that all the connections are more secure now. So <laughs> it's great to have the engineering students around. One of the things that often gets misconstrued is that engineers aren't creative. And I I strongly disagree with that. I think you need to be creative to be an engineer. And we do ourselves a disservice by buying into the left brain, right brain thing that they're, they're completely separate and you're either one or the other. One of the things I love about teaching at a liberal arts college is that there's so many opportunities for students to be fully fledged, fully developed to pursue all those interests. And so I would probably say about a fourth to a third of our students are involved in the theater, um, in acting, in set construction, in lighting. One of our graduates actually turned that into a career. She is now a lighting engineer for a theater company. Her job is to apply engineering knowledge and design to creating lighting shows. And so lots of our students embrace that creativity in all aspects of their
2: education.
3: I'm Rachel Logan. I grew up born and raised Eastern Shore, Maryland. I'm a senior this year, and I am majoring in engineering. Last semester, my three-week class was about operas and ballets, and I was very outside of my box, but it made me think a lot in more of an artistic way, very different than my engineering classes. But I know that I'll look back at that, and take some of the ways I thought about art and bring it to how I think about a project in the future.
2: My name is Angelica Lindberg and I'm a senior engineering major and I'm from Charlotte, North Carolina.
0: When Dr. Brinkman and I were talking about STEM versus STEAM in regards to studying engineering in general, she said, it needs to be flexible. It needs to be creative. It needs to be silly. It needs to encompass all of human nature. How did you see her put that to work at Sweetbriar?
2: Yeah. So one of the things that I love most about Sweetbriar is how hands-on it is. I know several engineering students at other schools that didn't do a hands-on project until they were like a junior or a senior in the program. But Dr. Brinkman, the first year in Intro to Engineering, we were already like in the machine shop, building things, creating things. And they weren't necessarily like super incredible, like robotics. Some of them were just like fun things that we all enjoyed doing. Well, like what kind of things were you making? Probably everyone's favorite project was the cardboard boat. The cardboard boat regatta. We all were broken up into teams and we were given a certain amount of duct tape and cardboard and instructed to build a boat that we had to sail on the lake. That's kind of something we do every year and it's a great time. Everybody comes down to the lake to watch us sink our cardboard boats. And there are three categories that you can win in. You can win in speed, you can win in creativity, or you can also win in buoyancy. So if you complete the race, then they pour water into your boat until it sinks. And whoever's boat can hold the most water wins in the buoyancy category. So when I realized that they were gonna be pouring water in the boat, I kind of had an aha moment. Why don't we make a flat-topped boat so that the water will pour off of it? We kind of like designed ours after a sit-on-top kayak. Uh, Rachel Logan was actually the other person in the boat with me. And so we kind of just laid on top of it and one of us was like in the front doing kind of a breaststroke and the other was in the back kicking. And it ended up being super fast. We won both in the speed and the buoyancy. One thing about engineering is that it goes hand in hand with the arts so well. To be a really good engineer, you have to have a sense of creativity to be able to brainstorm ideas and bring it all together.
1: Here's
0: Dr. Brinkman again.
1: And so engineering has to be responsive because it's a service profession. We're designing things, processes for people. And people change. And so it truly has to be responsive to the time in which we live. And if we think that we can always do what we've done, then we're not being creative. We're just treading the same old paths. And so it's really important for engineers to be worldly, to be humble, to have their eyes wide open to all of the other aspects that influence engineering design and engineering design success that aren't technical. And so that's one thing that we really emphasize at Sweet Briar is to try and get this sort of engineering as a service profession and not just as a, you know, come in and solve all the problems.
0: Bethany has put her research interests in natural organic matter and water quality to work at Sweet Briar.
1: What I've been able to do a lot at Sweet Briar, is looking at the monitoring side of it. So in other words, how can we get a picture of what's going on? And so we've done a lot of, you know, actually going out and physically monitoring. Um, We've created several automatic samplers.
0: When thinking about Bethany's research, she suggests we think about the decomposition of leaves and how the tannins and tiny bits of leaves can change the color of water. Well, that color is natural organic matter. And it's present in all bodies of water, even groundwater. And this is really important because this organic matter is a food source for microorganisms.
1: It also causes complex reactions uh, with chlorine and disinfectants when you look at treating it. And even more complex reactions when you look at treating it through, say, filtration membranes. And so what I like to look at then is how natural organic matter changes both in composition and also concentration wise, you know, how much um, and how that changes with respect to um, temporal variations. So seasons, oh, hey, it's, you know, it's fall, there's lots more in there and rain events, that sort of thing. And also um, land use, so spatial changes, you know, does the organic matter coming off of Say our switchgrass fields look different from that coming off of the forest. And, you know, we have new wildflower meadow and vineyards and stuff. So looking at how that changes and thinking about what the implications are for downstream treatment processes. I've got two water sampling buoys through the Jeffers Foundation grant that are going to go out in the lower lake to measure natural organic matter and other parameters from two different inlet streams that come from very different land uses. Tell me how you
0: get the students involved in your research.
1: A lot of it is driven by student interest. Um, so students will be interested in doing something environmental engineering-y, and I'll be like, ha-ha, I can bring you on to this project.
0: Dr. Brinkman had students make automatic water samplers, and this is really helpful to the students so they don't have to wake up in the middle of the night during a thunderstorm to go down to the lake to take water samples.
1: I've done other projects that are completely driven by student interest that aren't perhaps my research, but I I still have some, some expertise in. So I had a student do research on the composition of bricks in the area, so looking at, not necessarily how the bricks were made, but do the bricks in, say, Tusculum and Sweeper House, and all these houses from the 1700s and 1800s, what's the composition of the bricks like? Can we see how, you know, maybe they got better at controlling fire temperatures, or can we tell differences in the clay content based on where the clay was dug? That's their interest, and I'm happy to support those.
0: The Center for Engineering, Science, and Technology and Society has two of the 10 courses in the Leadership Core Curriculum, Core 160, STEM and Society, and Core 170, Decisions in a Data-Driven World. Every student takes each of the 10 core courses that are taught in an interdisciplinary approach.
1: And one is called STEM and Society. And that gets back to what I was talking about a little bit about how you know, our concept of science, discovery, and engineering interacts with society, how they truly are co-constructed. They influence each other quite a bit. And one of the ways um, that Dr. Gervasio has taught it from an engineering perspective is to think, well, you know, let's, let's recreate some of these famous experiments. You know, you do the pendulum one, you see the motion of the earth
0: They also study why experiments were designed the way they were and why at the time they were.
1: And so trying to think about how those fit within a broader historical narrative. Technology doesn't necessarily drive society. Everything is intertwined. And the other one is a data-driven world. And so that's about working with big data sets, um, not just you know, hey, here's 20 numbers, do something with. But what do we do when we have rainfall data for the past 50 years? How do we look at that? What information do we want to get from it? But it's also about, well, how do we talk intelligently about it? How do we understand what to do with the data in the first place? Um, How do we recognize its limitations, both in, you know, collecting it and also in our ability to communicate what that data means?
2: I think the best thing about the leadership core classes is that there's such a broad range of topics. You really get to learn things outside of just your major. So you get a much broader idea of like how others think, how the world works, that sort of thing. And I think that understanding others really helps form you into a leader. So the
0: leadership core seems to be making a big impact on students. Here's Rachel
3: Logan again. The Leadership course makes you such a well-rounded individual because I've taken women and gender in the world. It made me look at all the different challenges women face all around the world and then think, well, I might come across these in my later life. How will I address these? So it was really helpful.
0: One of the engineering program's outreach activities is Explore Engineering at Sweetbriar.
3: Explore Engineering, it's a program for high school students, so we have week-long programs as well as weekend programs, which I did the week-long, which I'm glad I did, and it really immerses you into what engineering is. We learn how to become design thinkers, which is really fun, and you really get hands-on like day one, you're doing stuff, which is really nice so the high school
2: I went to my college counselor is actually an alum um, Sarah Ince from the class of 1999 she actually first introduced me to the college I was a junior in high school at the time and she had a couple of students that she was bringing up for the presidential scholarship weekend and so she invited me to come so she gave me a private tour of the college and I just fell in love. Once I found out that they also had an engineering camp, I decided to go and I had so much fun. And I realized that the professors were so helpful and so nice. When I came in as a freshman, I was walking down the hall and several of the professors were like, oh, hey, Angel. Like they remembered me from the camp.
1: We've had students from all over the United States come in and experience what it means to be a Sweet Briar engineer. We do fun projects. We go on manufacturing tours. We teach them a lot of engineering, but we also set them loose to do fun, creative projects. We've done make your own musical instrument um, and also silly things like, oh, hey, the lights are going out and I want my shirt to start sparkling LED light patterns. That's that creativity that, you know, enjoy the design process. These are run by SweetBriar faculty, but we have student mentors, and they are helping the students, they're staying with the students in the dorms and you know, showing them, hey, this is what it means to be a college engineer. But it gives them a chance to show off their knowledge and to teach as well. We have a really good conversion rate there. About 25% of any incoming engineering class has been to an explore event. So we consider that to be a really good yield.
3: I remember going home and telling my mom, I've never seen someone celebrate failure so much. If like a breadboard catches on fire, Dr. Brinkman's like, yes, (laughs) woo, what'd you do? Uh, This is so exciting, this is learning. And then last year when the engineering program went to Anaheim, California for the Society of Women Engineers Conference, there was a slide that said, failure is everything and the whole crowd was like yes i was like i know that we celebrated failure but i didn't realize people all around the world they appreciate and value failure so much which in high school if i failed i was so scared but now if i fail i'm like oh yeah awesome so don't do that again
1: so failure has all these different connotations and all it really means is you need to go back and study the problem from another aspect and it's just an encouragement to keep on trying to keep on approaching it from different methods in like middle school and higher they're not asked to just see what works and so it gets into that very linear thought process like this is the one true path and if it doesn't work I'm screwed And that's not true by any means. We can get to various and sundry destinations by various and sundry paths and playing. Like if something doesn't work, just play. Stop trying to focus on the end goal, but just, you know, like, all right, so the circuit board melted. Cool, why did it melt? Oh,
3: I had this in backwards. Okay, now I know not to do that the next time. The sweeper engineering professors, they become your friends. The first day of class, they'll give you their phone number and say, text us if you need us. So it'll be like two in the morning, and I'll shoot Dr. Brinkman a text, and then she'll respond when she wakes up. If you don't take advantage of that, you struggle. But if you really go in and show your efforts and show where you're struggling, it makes it so much easier. I don't think you get that professor-student relationship everywhere you go.
0: The Society of Women Engineers Conference has come up a few times now. Each year, Sweeper's engineering professors and their junior and senior students attend. And just a reminder, this is made possible by the Margaret Jones-Wiley Engineering Endowment.
1: One of the things that Peggy Wiley's gift has done for us is, is it's allowed us to promote student travel and participation in the profession of an engineer and going to conferences is one of those. So Every year, we make it a plan to take students to the Society for Women Engineers Conference. Angel
0: Lindbergh went to the conference last year, too.
2: And there was a huge career fair there, and we had the opportunity to talk to so many great companies. So I had actually managed to line up an internship with General Dynamics in Maryland um, in their robotics division. But unfortunately, because of the coronavirus, they canceled all of their internships for the summer um, and it was kind of like very last minute. So I was kind of like scrambling around. And my cousin happens to work at a company that manufactures well water tanks. Um, and so I just happened to kind of like text him. And and he was like, well, let me see what I can do here. Um, so he was actually able to get me an internship there as a manufacturing engineering intern. Did you actually go? I did. I spent the summer on Cape Cod.
0: How's that for some luck? And the company where she interned is FlexCon Industries.
2: Which was great. I definitely can't complain. I think things honestly worked out better that way. I was able to go in person and work and kind of shadow several of the other manufacturing engineers, kind of see what they do on a day-to-day basis. And I had the opportunity to work on a few projects myself. So I spent quite a bit of time in the machine shop, kind of learning how to read different engineering prints, um, that sort of thing, and understand how things are made. And then I also had the opportunity to design a safety door for one of our machines, the back panel of the machine, um, so that it was easier for maintenance to get in and out of the machine in case they needed to replace sensors or um, do cleaning, that sort of thing. I love Dr. Brinkman. She's my advisor. I always know I can go to her and she's just always been so helpful in guiding me towards like what classes I need to take. And she's just a great professor. She is always willing to like go the extra mile to help you out, make herself available to answer questions or work extra problems with you if you need the assistance. I know at some schools it's kind of either like pass or fail but at Sweet Briar, they'll really help you in any way they can. If engineering is something you really want to do, then they'll make sure that you're successful in it.
1: At Sweet Briar, we, we don't think of this as a, hey, sort of sink or swim type of engineering program. We're, we're much more supportive. Our classes are small. We certainly tend to learn our students' interests, their strengths, their weaknesses. And so we can adapt to that. We can teach to that. And we have a department-wide study hall that we encourage students to come to where all the professors are, are available. And so, you know, they can ask questions of any of us. We're all, we're all there. And through Peggy Wiley's gift, we're also able to support student tutors for specific classes. And so those tutors have office hours. They're available, you know, at 10 o'clock at night when your professor probably isn't. And they've been through the class already. They know what's going on. And then they can also offer broader advice about how to be a successful engineering student.
2: Definitely don't rule out a women's college. Um, I know when I was looking at colleges, I wasn't necessarily looking at a women's college. Several of the others I looked at were like huge state schools like NC State or Clemson. But every time I toured Sweet Briar, I just fell more and more in love. And I love the environment. It just feels so much like home. Um, And I feel like especially in engineering or some of the other STEM fields, Women oftentimes get kind of like shoved to the side, but that's obviously not the case at Sweet Briar. I feel like they really teach you how to be a strong woman and stand up for yourself.
0: Thankfully, Sweet Briar students of the 21st century have way more career path choices than Peggy Jones did in 1945, Thanks to the Wiley's financial generosity and to the dedication of the college's engineering faculty, Sweetbriar really does stand out among the ABET-accredited engineering programs. Truly really exciting how this support, paired with inspiration from the Leadership Corps, helps students stretch their creative minds to new engineering heights. Come back for Episode 4, Leadership Through Writing. Mimi Roten, Director of the Sweetbriar Equestrian Program and Class of 93, talks about the success of Sweetbriar's equestrian team and how horses help create leaders with incredible empathy. Take care.